I remember a very long time ago, in the early years of my priesthood, I was presiding to something. It's been two and a half years, all right? Give me a break. Uh, I was presiding over a wedding, and uh, you know, you get a lot of different people who haven't come to church in a while, I don't even, or maybe not Catholic. So it was very loud, right? Right before the liturgy was about to begin. And I was like, okay, well, obviously someone needs to go up to the ambo and remind the people that we're in a church, this is a sacred environment, we need to be quiet and respect for the liturgy. And when you do that, you sometimes get some negative eyes from people and it doesn't always get the best energy vibe. So, but I knew in my heart someone had to do it. Immediately came to my mind exactly who that somebody had to be. The wedding coordinator. So I walked over to her and I said, you know, it'd be really nice if uh, you could go up to the ambo and just make the announcement for people to quiet down and respect for the church in preparation for the liturgy. And immediately, without even like thinking about what I just said, rationalizing it, she looked at me with eyes of deep judgment. Eyes that said, why are you asking me to do your job? She went up and she did it, but we both felt it immediately. Something was wrong with what I just did. Out of fear, I buried my talent as the presider of that liturgy, as the priest of that church, and I handed my responsibility over to somebody else. And that woman's judgment upon me, like God in this parable today, was quite unfavorable in that moment. So today I'm going to talk about three things. Positive masculinity. What it means to live out a positive masculinity, meaning power, ambition, and investing your talents for the good of your family. Toxic ma masculinity, which is the temptation every man faces in his life to bury his talents in the sand out of fear of failure or rejection. And lastly, how women in the gospel, in a sense, represent the judgment of, our, of God upon us men for how we invest our talents. Judging by the looks of your faces right now, this is going to be a really interesting homily. All right. Luckily, everyone has to proceed right out of the church and into your cars right afterwards. I'm going to go hide in the sacristy. So, positive masculinity. Three principal characters of what it means to be a healthy man. And that is strength, ambition, and sacrifice. It means you have power, it's directed, and it's selfless. That's why men go to school at the beginning to build up their power, their potency. They learn a trade, and then you're called to go out and lay your, your, your investments down in your family and in your children. Right? So you're able to provide, protect, and govern your loved ones. Toxic masculinity is exemplified very well by this third man in the gospel parable of Christ, the man who buried his talents out of fear. And that is a fear that goes all the way back to the Garden of Eden. That's exactly what Adam did. Adam received the talent to protect the garden, to till it, and to provide for his wife Eve. And because out of fear, he buried that talent the garden was infiltrated and his wife was left deceived by the devil. And that is a fear that echoes in the heart of every one of us men in our life. The fear that causes us to bury our responsibilities 
and hand them over to other people to do what we ought. And that's why it's so in principle that the principal job of a father in his life is to build up all the potency of his child. Make his children understand just how powerful they are. Give them all the skills that they need, right? And encourage them to go into the world against anything that could overcome them, to walk into the darkness, the unknown, and invest their talents so that they too can provide for their future family and their children. But that's why it's so harmful, especially in our times, when so many boys are growing up without men or positive role models in their life. Because we don't learn the skills, and then you go into the world weak and afraid. You either don't have the power, right, so you just hide from the world, or whenever men don't have a positive role model around them, what they'll do is they'll join gangs. And so they'll get power, but it's manifested in destructive ways. And that's where women come in. Every woman, in a sense, plays the part of the master who judged the servant's talents, how he used what he was given. Because women reward men who have talents and invest them in life with their affection and with their attention. They say, you're worthy of me, perhaps. And they got to put you to the test to find out. And women punish men who bury their talents out of fear with rejection. And I was always interested in the question, just growing up, it was an experience. You'd see nice guys and kind of the bad boys, the crazy ones. And oftentimes, the girls I knew would say that they wanted a nice guy, but then they'd be very attracted to the quote-unquote the wild boy, the bad boy. And I had one of my girlfriends, um, a friend that was a girl, right? She, uh, I asked her, you know, what is that about women that attracts them to kind of the, the wild ones? She said, well, I don't know, it's exciting and it gives us something to contend with. We want a power to contend with. It makes perfect sense. Because women want a potency that they can help direct. You know, there's a saying that, well, that's, that's beauty and the beast, essentially, right? It's the man who, is, who has the power of the beast, but is transformed and ordered through the love of the woman into the prince. Controlled power. Power in his will. So women aren't attracted to a Peter Pan type of character, right? Peter Pan represents the boys who never grow up, who out of fear of responsibility and out of failing in life will bury their talents and never take responsibility. And there's a saying, a good man isn't a harmless man. A good man is a very dangerous man who has his power under voluntary control. He has the power, but it's ordered and it's selfless. And it's being used for the good of others. That's, that's really the meaning of the word meekness, right? So we, we've really come to believe that meek means weak in our times. Christ never said weak people will inherit the earth, but meek people do. Meekness means power under control. A war horse that you would ride into battle the most powerful horse out there. It was called meek once it was broken in so that it could be directed and docile under the guidance of its master. That's what it means to be meek. 
to have power but have it directed. And on the other hand, the negative side of a powerful man is to become tyrannical, right? So to use our power, our talents, for ourselves, rather than handing them over for the, for the good of others. And women judge that too. Women know when a man is just using his gifts for himself rather than laying them down for his family. And that was the thing about the servants. The ones who, was, who invested in life, they had to give it all back in the end, right? In men, everything in us must be invested in the end. Everything in a man must become a sacrifice, handed over for those entrusted to our care. And we men, we feel the judgment of women upon us. Nothing short of the judgment of God himself after our death is so terrifying to a man than a judgment of a woman that he loves. I don't think you women understand or appreciate how hard it is for even a young man to ask you for your number. It takes a lot of courage to do that. I think there should be some sort of a consolation prize just for the effort. It's like, good try. I'm not going to give you my number, but here's a coupon to McDonald's or something. Go to the gym. It takes a lot of courage because the fear of rejection causes many men to just bury their talents in the first place and never make the try. Then they become priests. You know, it's, it's not, that's not true. It takes a real man to become a priest, all right? You need more of them. Just look at Father Brad. He's a real man. Because every man wants to prove himself worthy of the woman he loves. And that, that's really the core of it. Every man wants to prove himself worthy of the woman that he loves. And we know that's something that we have to invest for, that that takes sacrifice. Deep down, we know it has to be earned. And that's why women really inspire, have the potency to inspire the best in men. Now, I once asked a very holy priest, he was, so, he was so detailed in everything he did in the liturgy, and he was so compassionate and observant for the needs of his people outside the parish, just always giving himself. And I asked him, what is your motivation? Like, what keeps you going so hard all the time? And he said, I want to I wanna become worthy of the love of my bride, the church. And I think that's, that's Christ too. Maybe that's why Christ went to the cross. He wanted to show himself worthy of our affection. St. Bernard once said, what God could have done with a drop he chose to do with a stream, that he might win our hearts to himself. Love always makes us want to become worthy by offering the greatest sacrifice for the heart that we want to win, even if it's God himself. And that's why men show off around women, whether it be jumping off cliffs, flexing muscles, making fools of themselves. They're trying to show a woman that I have power and I have courage and that I can lay that down for you too. These are all mating signals. And we intuitively realize that we need to invest, to take chances, to risk losing in order to win a favorable judgment of a female. And that's why, that's why toxic, weak, fearful masculinity is so toxic for everybody. And we are, all, we are in a time, we're in a culture that is encouraging men to bury our talents and to check out of the game of life. 
And men are suffering because of it. Women are suffering because of it. And society itself is deteriorating because of this toxic, weak, fearful masculinity. Bishop Sharpew once wrote, Evil preaches tolerance until it is dominant. Then it seeks to silence the good. When we men fail to be strong and ambitious and invested in life, when we bury our talents, our strength out of fear, that's when evil can silence the good. First it happens in every one of our hearts, then it can dominate society. That is what is happening little by little in our own times. Men are silencing our power that we must use to protect our loved ones. That's why, priests, before all else, we will be judged not upon what we did, but our sins of omission. All the ways that we failed to preach the truth and to give our people what they needed to save their souls in season and out of season. We are living in a culture where men are being encouraged to waste away behind TVs, cell phones, social media, video games, sports, watching other men do the things that we wish we were doing in our own life, a dream world. And we're living in non-committed, casual relationships with women, which just makes us objectivize them for our own good. Minor sense, of, a weak sense of tyranny, actually. We're, raising our, we're handing over our children to be raised by society rather than making the sacrifice to do it ourselves. We're leaving the teaching of our faith and our devotions to wives as if the things of church was a woman's game and not a man's. We priests are leaving the liturgy and our leadership to wedding coordinators. It's a temptation in every single one of us. We're encouraged to bury our talents in the sand. And the reason this is so harmful is because the main difference between males and females is every girl becomes a woman. But boys must learn to become men. That's the difference. Nature transforms girls into women. But only by our willpower, only by our choices. Only by education of other men can boys pass in to manhood. And that's a lesson that is not being learned or taught in our times. In the end, there is only one man who can truly teach us men what it means to be a man. What it means to be powerful, ambitious, and selfless. The only answer to toxic masculinity in our age is the man, the God, Jesus Christ himself. He is what we're all meant to become. Every man, when he looks into a mirror, is really looking for the reflection of Jesus Christ to come back into his eyes. Every woman who judges the worth of a man is really looking for Jesus Christ in him. Do you have the power and the love to lay down your life for me. And Jesus Christ was not a nice, weak bunny. He was a lion 
that used his power to lay himself down on the cross like a lamb. Power made perfect in sacrifice. He took his power and his ambition for our salvation and he invested it all on that cross. A sacrifice that continues every single time we come to Mass. His body handed over for us. His blood poured out for our salvation. And that's exactly what our calling as men is to become. And that's what every woman in our lives will judge us upon. Men of sacrifice. Who are not afraid to develop and invest our talents to take risks, to walk into danger, to speak the truth, and do all that we need to, even to laying down our lives to defend the loved ones entrusted to our care. Because that's what it means to be a man. And if we do that at the end of our lives, we will gain for ourselves a favorable judgment of God Almighty. And if we're lucky in the meantime, at least a smile of approval from the women who we love and for whom we make that sacrifice. Then we will be deemed worthy to be called good and faithful servants.